This is Kate Moorhead Carroll in the podcast, Find It. We live in a time of so much discord and war and violence. I remember a number of years ago, I gathered at a little church in the heart of Jacksonville, Florida, and sat in a circle, a circle made of of very different people, and together we were going to debate the issue of gun control. Around the circle, there sat a man who had been incarcerated unjustly for seven years, a woman whose son had died simply because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time, a police officer who had a wife and young children at home who had to go into crack houses and felt that he absolutely needed his gun, a judge who saw all of the violence and crime that came before his bench, an old woman who felt unsafe stepping out of her apartment onto the street. We sat in a circle, and the facilitator did something that I thought was brilliant before we began to debate the issue. He made us go around and tell our stories, the stories that belong only to us, our lives, and why we care. By the time we had gone around this circle and heard about the woman whose son had died and the police officer who felt frightened and the man who had been in jail unjustly, we had a whole new respect for the complexity of this issue. And more importantly, we saw one another not as what side we were on, but as complex, multifaceted human beings. I want to talk to you today about my life. I was born in New Haven, Connecticut. And as a little child, I was born into a family that was practicing Hinduism. My parents were seekers. My dad was at Yale Law School. My mother was trying to be a concert pianist. They both suffered from anxiety. My dad from terrible and debilitating depression. They would drive down to New York City from New Haven to visit an ashram. They were practicing a branch of Hinduism called Vedanta, which taught of the life and teachings of Sri Ramakrishna, a man who had lived at the end of the 1800s My first memories are of the taste of curried chicken, the sound of bhajans being sung, the sight of the orange robes that the Swami wore. My parents tell me that there was an old Swami, he was almost in his 90s, and I tried to climb up onto his head when he was sitting down one day. The Swami laughed and laughed and said it was the sign of someone who wanted to seek God because I was seeking his highest chakra. 
When I was five years old, my mother began to practice the organ in an Episcopal church. Trinity Church on the Green has high ceilings and marble floors. She would turn on the lights only in the chancel, and I would run and slide down the aisles in my socks and play in the pews, and I felt the presence of something magnificent, a peace, a safety, an awesomeness, a vastness. I was baptized in that church and basically didn't leave until I was ordained a priest. I love Jesus. But when I got to college, I wanted to study world religions because I had these beautiful memories. And I knew the stories of the Hindu gods. And I didn't know how to make sense of it all. And so my whole life, really, I've loved Jesus, but also believed that there was great wisdom and beauty in other faiths. I myself have always felt that the best analogy I could find for the religions of the world is that we are basically like ants at the base of Mount Everest, arguing about how high the mountain is. And one of them says, it's as high as three anthills. And the other one says, it's as high as four anthills. And they disagree, and then they go to war over it. But neither of them has any clue about the immensity of God. Another great analogy that Sri Ramakrishna taught was that the religions of the world are like blind men feeling an elephant. One of them has the trunk and says it's long and thin. One of them has the thigh and says, no, 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 it's very wide and broad. One of them has the ear and says, it's no, it's flappy and very flexible. And each one of them is right, but they only have a fraction of the whole The Rig Veda is the oldest human scripture known to man. And it says this, Truth is one. Sages call it by many names. Truth is one. Sages call it by many names. If we are to move towards a peaceful global world, we are going to have to learn to tell our stories before we debate and discourse. We are going to have to learn to appreciate our differences, to say to one another, I give thanks for you. Because I do, I give thanks for the depth of scholarship of the rabbinic tradition of Judaism and how they read the Torah with such dedication and focus. I appreciate and give thanks for the discipline of the Muslim who prays five times a day, who stops everything, puts out their prayer mat facing Mecca, and bows down to God five times a day. I appreciate the simplicity and beauty of Zen Buddhism and how they work to empty their minds to find nirvana. I appreciate the breadth and welcomeness and diversity of the Hindu tradition, which has so many, many facets to it and is so ancient.
I appreciate the strength and dedication of a Sikh. The beauty and peacefulness of Baha'is. What if we were to walk towards a person of another faith and before we talk about our differences, what if we told them about our life? And then what if we saw something good in them and gave thanks? For if the religions of the world are like the sides of a multifaceted diamond, all telling a truth about God, then couldn't we learn from one another? I'm not saying that we should dilute our faith traditions or try to walk more than one path at once. I don't think that's possible. I really think that one religion is plenty for a human being to practice. And though we can learn from one another, I don't think we can ever fully understand the faith of others. But we can give thanks for them and we can respect them. In a way, I'll always be trying to get people to fall in love with Jesus because I know that the love of Jesus makes me whole. But that doesn't mean that I can't love and respect people of other traditions, honor them, live alongside them. Maybe we need to stop arguing about how high the mountain is and instead admit the mystery of the divine and admit that we will never fully understand the will of God that it is beyond the scope and power of our small brains and inadequate hearts. That we, we are human, made of the humus of the earth. And that we must always keep in mind the immensity of God. And in humility and gratitude, bow down before the Holy One. Thank you for joining me in the podcast, Find It. Remember that if you keep searching for the divine presence, you will find it. I want to invite you, if you're interested in hearing more of these podcasts, to subscribe. Just hit the subscribe button and you will be informed of new episodes. And before we part ways, I pray that God will bless you and hold you, give you peace. Until we meet again.